So here we are at session number six in our focus on strategies for fighting lust, the acronym ANTHEM, A-N-T-H-E-M. And we have talked about the definition of lust and why it is so, so crucial that we get victory in fighting it. And then the strategies of avoid, saying no, turning to something else, holding that there until it takes hold of the mind. And now we get to the very best part of all, I think. This is the part I love. Father, as we focus on this bigger strategy, would you be pleased now to come and teach us and indeed awaken in us capacities for enjoyment of Jesus and of yourself by the Spirit through your word that we have never had before. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. What I have in mind here with this focus on joy is the big, the bigger picture. In other words, not in the very moment of temptation trying to enjoy. That, I think, comes with all of these. But we're talking about a lifestyle here, months and years of cultivating capacities for pleasure in Christ. One of the reasons that lust reigns so powerfully in so many Christians is that Christ has so little appeal to us. We have a duty religion, and we're trying to place a willpower religion over against the, the uh, diesel engine of pleasure, and it's not working. So let me lead you through some text to show you biblically what I mean by the cultivation of a superior pleasure in Christ, which then severs the root of the promise of sin's pleasures in a, in a remarkable way when you give yourself to this. Let's start here in Colossians 2, 20-23 to show you what what not to do, what will not work in defeating lust. If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why do you, why as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. So there's your list of, of don'ts, right? Don't handle, don't taste, don't touch. So this is a kind of religion that is focusing on don't, do that. Stop. <laughs> Just stop. Referring to things that all perish as though they were used. In other words, you don't get to the heart of the matter when you do it this way. These things are just temporary things. You don't get to the things that really matter. According to human precepts and teachings, these, these rules, the, this way of doing religion, this way of fighting lust, have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion, could be translated willpower religion, asceticism, severity to the body. Body, you're bad. You've got to stop producing these desires. I'm going to beat you up. And I believe there's a place for asceticism and a place for severity. But if that's all you got, Paul is saying, what? They are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. The flesh is, is a massive machine demanding pleasure. It eats pleasure, wants pleasure, and it will have 
the indulgence of its pleasure. And here you are saying, don't handle, don't touch, don't taste. And uh, making your religion and making your asceticism and making your severity of the body and Paul's conclusion, it doesn't work. It's not working. Well, what, what's the alternative to this way of doing religion, this way of doing morality? The very next verse in Colossians says, If then you have been raised with Christ, which you have, Christian, seek the things that are above. In other words, it's not just don't, don't looking down and trying to suppress the desires of the body, but seek the things that are above where Christ is. Get a focus on Christ who is seated at the right hand of God. So the glory of Christ. Fix your mind on Christ. When you were saved, here's what the purpose was. 1 Peter 3, 18, Christ also suffered once for sins. Why? Why did Christ suffer and die for our sins? The righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God. Not just to take us out of hell, not just to oppress or suppress the flesh, but to get us to a great higher alternative. And what what is it like to get to God in Christ? Psalm 1611, you make known to me the path of life in your presence. In the presence of God, there is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. That's what Christ died that we might experience. And it's these pleasures, fuller than anything the world can give, longer than anything the world can give, that sever the root of sin as it makes promises of pleasures that can never compete to full and forever. Here's another description of that. Oh, God, you are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. That's what I'm saying. Make your life vocation to seek the enjoyment of God. I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. As in a dry and weary land where there's no water. In other words, your soul is desperately thirsty for this superior pleasure. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and your glory. This is what will satisfy the soul if we really see God in his power and glory. Because your steadfast love, your love is better than life. Better than life. I would rather have your love than live. My lips will praise you. My soul will be satisfied as with, as, not the same, but it's as with fat and rich food. It's better, better, better than life, better than fat, better than rich food. And my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. That's the goal of the Christian life. That's what we should be spending our time cultivating the capacity for this kind of experience. When we are converted, Jesus describes it like this. This is the picture of the kingdom of heaven invading our lives. That is, we become ruled by the king of heaven. This is conversion to Christ. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure. How, how good is this treasure? Hidden in a field, which a man found. So by the Holy Spirit, 
you're reading your Bible, you're attending a church, you're watching some program on television, and your eyes are open, and you find this treasure. And he covers it up. And then in his joy, watch what he does. He sells everything. (laughs) He is so happy with this treasure that nothing matters compared to this treasure. He sells all that he has and buys that field. That's conversion. That's the way to defeat lust, to discover that Christ is such a treasure that you can let go of everything and know you're not losing anything because Christ is everything. How do, you, how do we see him that way? How do we see him that way? Here's one pointer for Samuel 3.21. The Lord appeared again at Shiloh. He appeared. He appeared. He showed himself for the Lord revealed himself. So he appeared. He revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh. How? By the word of the Lord. There's, there's, you don't have to have any special, amazing um, epiphany where God shines like a bright yellow light on the ceiling of your bedroom. What you have to have is the word of God. And through the word, the Lord reveals himself. Here's the way the psalmist puts it. The precepts of the Lord are right rejoicing the heart because they reveal God more to be desired. Are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter than honey and drippings from the honeycomb. It's the precepts of the Lord that show us the Christ who satisfies. And therefore let us pray like this. Oh God, I pray this very often And I think it is the key to walking in holiness and walking in freedom from lust, freedom from the power of pornography. Satisfy us in the morning. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love, which is better than life, that we may rejoice and be glad in you all our days. Satisfaction, gladness, rejoicing, enjoyment. This is an absolutely essential vocation for the Christian to cultivate capacities of joy in God, through Christ, by the Spirit, in the Word, which are so superior to what lust offers that we sever the nerve of this sin.